I'm Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Travel Mug Podcast. This week, I'm super excited to bring on my friend, Jamie. We grew up in the same town, and now she lives very far away. So she's going to tell us about her experience moving to the UK from Canada. So welcome to the podcast, Jamie. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan, so I'm very excited. Yay! (laughs) So first, tell us like a little bit about yourself, maybe your favorite travel destination that you've been to so far, and maybe somewhere that's on your list that you haven't made it to yet. I'll give a brief little synopsis of my life. So... I was born and raised in Nova Scotia. I moved to Florida at 16 and finished high school in Orlando and moved back when I was 20 to Nova Scotia. And I started dating my now husband and he was moving to England. And so I followed him and we did the working holiday visa and stayed here for two years and then went back to Nova Scotia and kind of rode out the pandemic. And now we're here. Yeah. My favorite travel destination is very hard, of course. It always is a tough question. But I have a couple honorable mentions that I have to say. They're Paris and Split Croatia. Okay. There are two places that we went to and we were like, we could live here. Those are the honorable <laughs> mentions. But I think my favorite spot is Couture, Montenegro. Interesting. away with the mountains. It's just such an underrated destination and it is beautiful and somewhere i really want to go is the positanum in italy Italy, but i've never been by the sea and i just really want to see those beautiful buildings (laughs) yeah 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 or california or something like i want to go everywhere yeah i mean same we we have that problem too and it's funny that you mentioned montenegro because I was supposed to go there in 2020. And it's kind of how I ended up reconnecting with your husband because I went to high school with your husband. And uh, we were planning this trip and you guys had just been there. And so I was chatting with him and then all of a sudden it was pandemic. And then it was like, oh God, what's going on? (laughs) It's that. Okay, I'll make it there. Yeah, I recommend it. And going to Croatia and driving down, that's what we did. It was such a beautiful drive. Yeah, definitely recommend. So I wanted to bring you on because so many people dream of moving abroad and have like no idea how it works. And we know like every situation is obviously really unique and it depends on where you live now and where you want to go. But I feel like it's the information is still helpful to people to like know where to start looking. So Rewind back and tell us about your experience with the working holiday visa when you first went to the UK. My experience with the working holiday visa was actually very seamless. And I I don't know if it's because being Canadian, we're part of the Commonwealth. So I think that the whole purpose of it is to get people to go over there and just basically make money and spend money. And for us, it was very easy. So very thankful for that little connection to the motherland of England. Um, (laughs) But you basically just fill out the application online 
and you need a certain amount of money in your bank account. I can't remember exactly how much it was back then. This was 2017. I'm sure it's more now, obviously, with the been going up and everything. Yeah. Um, and you have to go through an interview process as well. That was back when Halifax had interview slots every single day. They had an office in the Four Points downtown. So it was very easy to get an appointment. So basically, you fill out the application, go for your interview, and you find out a couple of weeks later. I think I finished my process within three weeks for the working holiday visa. I actually found out that I got accepted when I was in a meeting with my boss. And I was like, <laughs> we're having a one-on-one and I was looking at my computer typing and I got a notification being like, oh, you've been accepted. You're, you know, congratulations. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> I need myself. Because at that point, my husband had been here for about nine months. So I was missing as well. Okay. So I was excited. Right. So did you have a job when you applied for the working holiday visa or you were able to wait and get that once you got so there? So you can wait and get one once you get here. That's kind of the purpose of them requiring you to have a certain amount of money in your bank account. They want to make sure that you okay. can set yourself up and that you're not going to be, I guess, leaving right away. Or I don't think that you would qualify for council housing, but they just want to make sure you can sustain yourself, basically. Um, so neither right. of us had any jobs lined up for the working holiday visa. Okay, that makes sense. I think that's a helpful point for sure. So let's uh, flash forward and bring us to the present. So what was the first step to getting your current visa? So sort of fill in the gap there uh, in terms of that type of visa or what type of visa do you have and then go from there? I'm actually here on a dependent partner visa. It's a very similar process. It's a bit more involved. Um, I was actually very concerned with it because I couldn't even find the application online. Like I was kind of Googling dependent partner visa as you do. And a lot of the applications, or I should say all of them are on the UK government website, but I couldn't find it for the life of me. They have family visa on there, which is, um, if you're related to someone who is British, I had to look for it on YouTube. I looked up literally dependent partner, like wife applying like word for word in the YouTube search bar. And they came across a video of a woman explaining it. And she had the link in her description. And I was like, I don't know how people found this. Hello on the the website. Um, And I needed a lot of information from Sean. I needed like the numbers for the license his company has. I needed copies of his visa. I needed a lot from him because I was dependent on him, essentially, for my visa. It it was a lot more stressful, I will say, um, most because the company that had the interviews in Halifax, I think that they switched ownership or they shut down and a new company has opened up. Because now Halifax has two interview days a month instead of every day. They woke up quickly to fly to Ottawa for my interview, um, which, you know, was just inconvenient. I was like, I'm going to Toronto or St. John's, like have a little vacay. I had never been to Ottawa, so I didn't really know what it had to offer. But Ottawa was the only place I could go for the interview. But it was actually a really nice trip. I was with my mom, had a little girl's trip. Um, It was really good, but... 
this application was very similar. You needed a certain amount of money in your account. For us, that wasn't the case specifically because his company kind of vouched for us and said that they would take care of us until I found a job. They didn't have to do that. Luckily, they said they could do so. Right. Yeah. That. How long though did it take? Um, And I'm laughing because I know because I know you bet like. Tell the people how long it took versus your working holiday visa. Uh, so this process, well, actually, no, it wasn't as long as I expected. I started this process at the beginning of July, this past July, 2023. Yeah. And I found out um, mid-August, which it doesn't sound like a long time, but I, at the interview in Ottawa, I had paid for priority, which is a lot of money. Right. But I was just like, I need to get there. I miss my husband. I already gave the notice to my landlord. Like, I have nowhere to go. I need to get out of here. <laughs> and I think that they guaranteed me to find out within a week or two. And I found out in three weeks. So that whole last week, I was like, stressing. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be incredibly, incredibly stressful. So. With that one, were you alerted by email? Like, how did you find out? And then sort of what was the process or steps from there? Or was it essentially, you've got your paperwork, let's go? Like, how did it work once you found out sort of mid-August? So I actually got the email when I was at work. My shift had just ended and it was just me and two of my colleagues. And I looked at my phone because at this point I was checking my phone every five minutes. Like, good thing. Didn't find yeah, out. Right. I was going, I was working at a restaurant and I was going back like every time, every time I could, like, <laughs> but I opened up the email and I basically just said, you know, congratulations, uh, you have your visa. And I have never cried that hard in my life. I'm not a crier. I'm, yeah, I keep my emotions aside, but I blubbered like a baby just because it's something you've wanted for so long. Wow. And it's just funny that you find out in an email. Like you see, you want like fireworks to go. Kind of like when you beach <laughs> holiday and like the fireworks. Like I want that. Yeah. <laughs> How much does your acceptance letter? Goodbye. <laughs> and um, after I got, I went home. I was planning to book my flight right away, but you do have to wait for your passport to come to you. So when you go to the interview process, you provide all of your documents in hard copy. You also upload them on the website um, and you have to send off your passport as well. They put mm-hmm. the entry, it's it's a vignette essentially. It's not your actual visa, but it's just say that you're coming here to get your visa. It's fine. So I have to wait for my passport right. to come back because I'm one of those people that I can't plan everything or anything until everything's in place you know it's like i know i got my visa but i can't book the flights until the passport is in my hand i need to be holding it yes in the public i get that something um i waited until that got back which was about three days later and i booked my flight Um, and then when i got here they had my visa all set up to my local post office so i went to pick it up i think the day after i got here i got my visa right but, and it's nice because, like, you got there and, like, Sean's already been living there, so you don't have to, like, find a place to yeah. live or, like, <laughs> find um, that kind of stuff. So did Sean, when he was going back over, 
did he have a place like set up before he got there? Like, how did the housing work for him? So we're quite lucky because Sean's uncle lives here. He was born and raised here. So we always have family nearby. They're about 10 minute drive away. So Sean lived with them for, I think, about a month or two. And then he started looking for a flat for us kind of around the time that I would be coming over. Uh, He moved in in August and I moved in in September. So he was just here for a month before me, but he had the whole place set up, which was really nice, but obviously a lot of hard work. Yes. Yeah. A lot for him. I packed up our whole flat in Halifax, which was all really hard. You know, a lot of grunt work. Yeah, for sure. And it's nice because, like, you'd obviously lived there before. So you kind of know, like, Sean knows where he's going to be working, you know, like, what neighborhoods maybe that you, like, like or is, like, close to where his work is and, like, getting around. Because I find that part, like, really stresses me out. It's like, where, like, what area and, like, where would you go? Totally. That is something I I kind of um, resented living where we live now back in 2017 just because we're zone okay. six. So we're the very, like we're past Surrey and London. I think our county is technically right. Surrey, but I say I'm in London because right. I'm within the commuter belt, you know? That's right. Fair. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so comfortable being in Halifax. Like when you're born and raised in a spot, you know it like the back of your hand. And even Orlando, I lived there, but I had grown up visiting there all the time. So I'm so comfortable being there. But the last time that we had moved here, I, I kind of hated it. Like we're just where we were living specifically because I was like, I don't know where anything is. I'm not in the city. What is this? But back, I, I appreciate it so much more because I know where everything is and what I'm doing. You know, the good grocery stores, the train routes and all that. So yeah. yeah. Makes it like just slightly less overwhelming yeah. to like up your entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So obviously all of this visa stuff isn't cheap. So maybe enlighten the people on the fees that they might encounter out there. I have the fees outlined. I did a little um, okay. TikTok video of the fees as well, because I think that's a, I mean, very relevant question. Um, yeah. Okay. So the first fee is the IHS fee. So that is paying for your health care. You have to pay for okay. your health care for the whole time you plan on living here on your visa, which is a lot of money. Um, that's actually a big reason why we've just done a two-year visa. Typically, Sean's visa would be five years, but we did two. We can always extend. It's not a problem. Because we were like, I right. can't pay five years of health care. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so that the IHS fee is about $800 per year. It's Canadian dollars. I've converted all the fees to Canadian dollars. Um, oddly, you pay them in American dollars. Don't ask me why, because oh, I'm applying from Canada and I'm on the UK government website. It's fine. Okay, okay. so it's 800 Canadian dollars per year. So we spent $1,600 on our healthcare for two years, which is great. It's very similar right. to Canada. We can go to the hospital. We can go to the doctor um, just for basic checkups. You don't have to pay for anything. There is a flat rate fee yeah. here for prescriptions, which is a bit different than at home. I feel like at home, um, yeah. 
prescriptions can be quite costly. And of course, there are costly prescriptions here as well. But a lot of them will just be that base price. The last time we lived here, it was about like £8.50 for prescriptions. I'm sure it's more now. I haven't gotten it yet, but of course, I more now. So no no surprise there. The visa fee specifically was $1,100. But just for the application, also important to note that all of these fees are non-refundable if you don't get your visa. Gamble. Right. <laughs> of course not. That lands yeah. off to the stress of it all. <laughs> and then the next fee would be your biometrics appointment, which is the interview I was talking about um, previously. Right. So you do have to pay for that interview and flights and hotel as we have to travel for it. That's right. Of course. The biometrics appointment was $150, which is kind of crazy for an interview, but that's fine. We'll move on from that. (laughs) Those are actually all of the fees, but I had a couple more fees, which I think are more unique to my case. I did pay for priority because I missed my husband. I wanted to, I wanted to find out. So I paid $450 for priority. And it was one of those things where I walked in and I wasn't planning on doing it because dependent partner visas, they would never allow you to purchase priority. And I went in there and I inquired about it. And she said, no, we don't do that. And the lady helping me kind of went away and asked her colleague. And she said, oh, last week we actually started allowing you. And I was like, well, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. Yeah, pick it. Take my money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't find out in the time I was supposed to, but that's fine. I'll forgive them. Yeah. And then randomly, a couple of weeks after my biometrics appointment, I got an email saying that I had a top up payment that was due. I still have not investigated that. And actually, looking over at the notes for this episode, I was like, I need to contact them because. Totally forgot about this, but they emailed me saying I owed another $550 and I don't know why. So, right? Yeah, look into that. I definitely look into that. And hopefully, that's not a a typical thing for people to have to experience. No, and that's a lot of extra money, right? When you're already paying thousands of dollars. Um, But honestly, at that point, I had gotten an email saying that my case was was not straightforward, which is why it took longer for me to find out. Right. And so when I got that email thing, I owed money. I was like, pay it. I'm not even going to ask questions. Like, I just want to find out. I don't want this to <laughs> all investigate later. Forgone about it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I recall. We're so remind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a really good overview. And I, I think that's a big part of it. I'm sure. Obviously, everyone's circumstance is different why they would be going. So that's individual to you, but I'm sure there are other people in your situation. But it's even good just to have a broad overview of what you paid so people can understand what they could be paying, essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the amount of money that they require you to have in your account as well, you would have to provide proof of your account. Like I said, we didn't have to do that this time around. But for the working holiday visa, I believe I had to have about like plus or minus a bit, $3,500 in my account. Uh, okay. Like I said, I do think it's more now, especially because now we're on actual working visas. So I do think that we would need more, but I, yeah, I don't know the figure, but it is a few thousand 
dollar. So yeah, no, worth it in my opinion for such an amazing, amazing experience. But I do have to ask, I have a packing problem. So I do have to ask about your actual moving because you did mention packing up your own apartment here. So how much stuff did you take with you? How did you figure that part out? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It is not for the faint of heart. Okay, I did this. I've done this probably four times in my life moving around and it doesn't get any easier. But I narrowed it down. I had two check bags. And one carry-on suitcase. And then wow. a personal item. I also do have a cardboard box full of things in my dad's basement. Um, like a couple nice, like a like a winter coach, my Uggs, some sentimental things I'm keeping. Right. So he'll send that over piece by piece. But that is all I brought. Nice. Did you sell your furniture like here? You sold everything else kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, we sold a lot of our things. It was actually quite... Um, lucky the situation I was in because I was home when the manager of my building was showing my flat and it was like a cute little young couple moving out for the first time on their own and so I was like oh do you need a sofa or <laughs> you can have all that you see here all the yeah. things you want so they actually ended up buying uh, our bar stools our sofa and our carpet so I did wear our rug I should nice. say I I was thinking that would be good, but then the manager said, you need to have it out for the inspection. So these poor kids had to come with their friend's truck and lug it all out in a rainstorm just to lug it back. You know, that sucks. I felt so bad. Um, But yeah, it sounded like it was lucky for me. I felt bad for them, but it was like lucky for me. Yeah, I guess like all the like electronic stuff you would need UK plug stuff. So it's not like you're dragging a bunch of like electronics. Yeah, sadly, my husband's dismay. He had to gift his PS4 to his brother. I'm sure his brother hated that. He he definitely did. He resents him for it, I think. Um, But yeah, well, we need all the converters, but you know, they don't best i won't lie i think you know for my electronics i need to just bite the bullet and go to the store and buy a uk plug because the amount of times i have to plug my ipad in before it actually starts charging is ridiculous yeah that would get old quickly what yeah um so if there's one thing maybe you could tell people before they start this process or maybe even after they land in their new country what would do your what would your advice be or your biggest piece of advice to help them with their expectations? Um, my advice would be related to banking because this is something I had a lot of trouble with the first time I moved here. I would advise right. you to open a bank account that has a branch in your city or country and the country you're moving to. So you can't for your money yeah. because... When I moved here in 2017, I did not have, I am with RBC at home and we don't have that here. (laughs) So I had the problem of trying to find a job without a bank account, Um, but I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get a job without a bank account, but I couldn't get a bank account without proof of income. We had never (laughs) entry before. Uh, 
it was a very weird situation. <laughs> Luckily, I stumbled upon a cafe. Um, I only worked there for a little while, but they kind of, you know, they hired me without a bank. And then I was able to, you know, kind of do it in a roundabout way. But it was extremely stressful. I won't lie. Wow. And it was, that's something that I wouldn't have thought of at all. Like, I feel like no. I'm like, oh, walk into a bank and open an account. No, no, you need a job. And it's like, oh, but I can't get a job without a bank account. I can't get a phone without a bank account. What am I supposed to do? Right. Around and round you go, it sounds like. So this time around, what did you do? For banking. So I, yeah. I actually still had the bank account I had in 2017. Uh, it's with okay. HSBC. So... If you're in Canada and you're moving to England, open up an HSBC account because I don't know. Yeah, you need um, So I just reopened my account. I still had 25 pounds in there. I was rolling it. Nice. Oh my goodness. It is, yeah, wholeheartedly look into finances and get familiar with that whole situation because at the branch when I was opening up or reopening my account, a couple of months ago, he's like, oh, what a shame. You should have put it in this type of account and you would have a few thousand pounds instead of, because you would have accumulated. <laughs> I was thinking, and I left. Know like, of course, I'm not going to think about that. You know what I mean? But no, silly, yeah. silly. Yeah. Thanks for the late advice, though, yeah. sir. They keep telling me about all the money I could have, but don't forget. Right. I love that. I love that. So I guess a, a question I would have now that you're there, I know it's not been too, too long, but you are there. And of course, you were there before. So tell us what you're sort of loving most about being in your new home country. Everything. Oh, my gosh. I, it's, I know it's such a, and it's just a lame answer, but I, I mean, we wanted to come back for a reason. I just feel like when you know you love a place, you just love everything about it. Yeah. Um, and the lifestyle is a huge thing. The whole work-life balance. People really value their holidays, <laughs> which is an amazing yeah. thing. You know, I swear at work, there's always two people. It's crazy. Like people are always, you know, booking their trips to problems on the weekend yeah. or wherever they're going. Because um, you can do that. Yeah, from there. Yeah. It's amazing. Also, just so much to do. Um, and I know Nova Scotia has so much to do, but I think it just depends on who you are and your personality and, and what you value. You know, Nova sure. Scotia is a lot of um, outdoor activities, which is great. Um, but that's not for me. <laughs> I'm an indoor gal. I'm Love to go to a museum, um, one of the thousand museums that we have in London. Mm -hmm. And are free. Yeah. So like, free or very cheap. Or if it's expensive, yeah. you yeah. can just get like a subscription of some sort. Like there's always some way to save money on those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, that that's basically it. Just the lifestyle change. It, yeah. It's much more relaxed. Um, the cost of living is a lot less, which... You wouldn't expect rent is obviously not included yeah. in it because rent is ridiculous. But, but yeah, everywhere. But like your phone bill, your utilities, your groceries, it's all less. So yeah. that 
Yeah. Every every time I've been to the UK, I've been like, groceries are so cheap. Like it's ridiculous. Even when you do the conversion of the currency conversion, you're like, why is this so much cheaper here? Maddening. It's all the farms. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything or what's like the biggest thing you miss about Canada now that you've been gone for a bit outside of you know family and friends and loved ones oh, you knew I was gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the obvious I know, one right? you miss your I know your, I did. You miss okay. your we're going all the humans and animals of course yeah. uh, I would say comfortability I mean I was born and raised there it's nice knowing yeah your way around and and just being somewhere you've always been basically also the 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 people in a sense of um kindness and and friendliness you know when you're walking around someone will say hi to you when you're walking by it does not happen in london (laughs) if you say hi to someone they'd be like uh why are you talking to me on my face (laughs) Uh, I miss, I miss, I miss that for sure. I, I miss the food as well. Um, a lot of food yeah. that we don't have here, you know, get some lobster, like expensive mm-hmm. lobster. I'm just the seafood in general. Like, I mean, both know right. Halifax, like if I want oysters. I have about a million places I want to go to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Nova Scotia is so beautiful. And I just, it, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it until I moved away the first time. And I mean, when you leave a place, you really come to appreciate it, which is a really sad fest. It is. <laughs> no, it's, it's true though. I can, I, and all the things you mentioned, I'm sure exactly sound like the things that I honestly would miss as well. I would love living abroad, but I do think those would be things that I would miss for sure. Of course, as well as the humans and animals, like you mentioned. Yeah. I guess to finish things off, then, you know, a good way to summarize this, is there anything you wish you would have known that someone would have told you about this process before you started? I honestly wish that I had just known somebody that has gone through it. Because I was so stressed the whole time. I, that's all I thought about was the process. and getting over here um I feel like I did fully enjoy my last summer at home because I was just so focused on this application and it is a huge gamble you know you're you saved all this money to kind of fulfill a dream that you've had and it's not guaranteed but I wish I had just known someone to kind of talk me off to that ledge but I because my husband was being really nice about it and my mom stayed with me for a lot of the summer to spend time with me before I left and she was like it's gonna be fine you know why would you not get it which is so true right. like why like I'm not a criminal <laughs> I have I need right. you know it's gonna be fine but I think that that is the a big takeaway for me definitely is just be patient which mm-hmm. is valuable yeah. And I think that, like, that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on to have you kind of share your experience just because a lot of people don't know anyone who's done anything like this. And so if they're thinking about it, they're like, I don't even know 
where mm-hmm. to start. And something that I just want to mention, like if you're listening to this and you're under 30 years old and you want to go somewhere, like look for like a youth mobility visa, like wherever you want to go, because those are options that are out there. And like you said, when you did it, like you found out really quickly and it's just, it's a lot more, um, it's an option for people. And I think that people don't realize it. And you know, now that I am over 30, I'm like, why didn't I do it? You know, before? some countries have until you're 35. <laughs> oh, I got a year and a half left. <laughs> but you can apply the day before your birthday. So if you're 29 yeah. and 11 months, well, get on there. <laughs> apply. <laughs> Honestly, and I, you know, that's something that I, I wish my husband and I would have done this before we bought a house and like got animals and like really quote unquote settled down right like I think that sometimes people are in a rush to do uh you know the the college you know dating marriage uh house kind of pipeline that they don't think that there are other actual options out there and that you can do them so google it and go do something fun (laughs) Do it for our sake now that we're over the age of being able to. So please <laughs> live our dreams. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Jamie. I think this will be really helpful for a lot of people. And even if someone's not considering it, at least at the very least, very interesting. So we really appreciate your time. Of course, as our listeners know, you can follow the Travel Mug Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and threads at Travel Mug Podcast or our website, travelmugpodcast.com. Uh, you can support the show through Buy Us a Coffee. Link is in the show notes and leave us uh, a review on Apple or Spotify. I'm sure on our social media for the couple of weeks that Jamie's episode is out, hopefully we'll get some great photos of our new locale that we can share with you. So stay tuned for those. Um, and until next time, thank you so much as always for your support. Bye.